When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Cam Smart here tonight to talk to you about this weekend's game away at Bristol City. As we, uh, it felt like we only played Bristol the other week. It was, uh, it was indeed Boxing Day, and we'll uh, we'll try and forget that one as quickly as we can. But uh, it's the return fixture this time at Ashton Gate. Hopefully, a better game than last season. You you wrote that one last season, wasn't you, Cam? Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely shocking. We didn't have a single shot until the 87th minute and my word, that was bad. What a way to uh, to end it before the World Cup. Yeah, and, and to think we're in a good position before the World Cup as well. Um, and then, yeah, we've since had articles to, to tell us what sort of nonsense went on behind the scenes and everything sort of fell to pieces. But um, how are you doing, Cam? It's been a while. You were at QPR on um, on, on Saturday, uh, Sunday rather. You uh, you had a good time there? Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, you never have a good time watching Watford, but it was it was absolutely brilliant. Come that final whistle, yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good, all good here. Thank you. Uh, I was gutted I couldn't watch on Sunday, and I was just sort of going off the the, the WhatsApp's reaction to the game and. There was a lot of sort of, oh, God, this is a bit hairy and this is a bit, you know, ugly. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of them games because I was travelling down to Peterborough for uh, for my new Sunday league team. And, uh, and yeah, Jake even will come up with the goods in the end. And uh, hopefully, with, with shooting like that, he can produce a bit of magic down in Bristol this weekend. But as I say, we are here to talk about the game against Bristol City on Saturday. And as always... We do have an opposition podcast this week. As I add into the call, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by uh, Matt, who's from the Free Peeps in a Podcast, uh, the Bristol City podcast. First things first, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks for the invite for you and Cameron. So, yeah, all, all good and looking forward to Saturday, mate. Yeah, yeah, likewise, likewise. I think we'll start with the obvious sort of starting point is last night. You beat mm. West Ham 1-0 at Ashton Gate and you threw to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, you, you drew with them at the London Stadium and I think there was about 9,000 fans down in London that day for, for Bristol City and, and you made quite the atmosphere. It was uh, it, it was largely commented on, on on social media. I mean, a massive, massive win. I, I seem to remember you've sort of got a little bit of history of beating sort of Premier League teams at, at Ashton Gate. I seem to remember you beating Manchester United. Can't remember if that was the FA Cup or the League Cup. But League that, Cup, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, firstly, was you there? And secondly, what what a massive win. That's that's surely going to help with your league form, which Cam's going to touch on in a little bit. Hasn't been great of, of, of late. Like, what's the difference between what you're doing in the FA Cup and, and what you're doing in, in the league? Do you know it's it's incredible since since we played um, played you guys on Boxing Day, um, we've been absolute rubbish in the league. We we drew away um, Birmingham nil nil, um, didn't have a shot on target. Then we lost to Millwall at home, um, had one shot on target, and then we lost two nil away at Preston, um, and again was was sort of shot shy. So yeah, it, it, it you couldn't believe the team that played you on Boxing Day could then put in three performances like that the West Ham games in the cup in, in both games um you know I think I think we've deserved the win um I know West Ham I don't I don't know if you watched it last night on BBC but you know a number of West Ham fans are saying that we were over physical um and there were a couple of challenges that I do actually think had they gone to VAR probably would have resulted in in a red card maybe but um you know we're, we're not a physical side I think the difference is you, West Ham, are a side that like to play football. Millwall, Birmingham, Preston. Preston perhaps a bit unfair, but with where they, they've been of late in the league in some of their performances, um, the atmosphere wasn't great and, and they put a low block in. And we struggle to break teams down like that. So for us, if we play teams that want to play football, we stand a better chance of being in the game and, and getting a result. And, you know, a game's what kind of what we hope for on Saturday. Um, and I was interested, you sort of saying about Jake Livermore the the, the weekend in the, the two goals he, he got. Um, as an opposition fan, personally with Jake Livermore, I do genuinely think he's a, he's a great player, but I think his legs have gone. And so when we played you Boxing Day, I think the game changed in your favour when he went off. Um, but we managed to get the, the, the goals. So I'm kind of hoping he does play on Saturday. It will probably bite me in the bum massively. Um, but I do feel kind of we've got the energy in the middle, and you know I think any league, any team in this league you've you've got to have the legs in the midfield. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, I, ho- I hope you come to play football, and in which case it it should be a good game. And you know I'm not going to say we're going to win the game because very rarely you get two two games like that, do you? And as Cam said, <laughs> some of the games of late against you haven't been the greatest. So um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just hoping you come and play football. And it's a good game. Yeah, we've seen firsthand of late how poor Preston can be. And we know Millwall and Birmingham aren't having a great season. So, yeah. I I mean, you let me down on a couple of hackers there. So, yeah, just, uh, let but, myself down, yeah. <laughs> what is it that, that isn't really clicking then? Is it just, it's obviously a really young team and a new manager, but is there any real concern or, you know, do you think you're sort of heading in the right direction? Um, It's interesting and... and... You, you've got the experience of Nigel Pearson um, as well. So Nigel Pearson was really popular with large parts of our fan base, not everybody, but large parts of the fan base. And um, he's done a, he did an awful lot of work changing the mentality within the dressing room, um, getting rid of certain players, perhaps big characters that, that weren't always up for it. So Nigel Pearson did a huge amount. But actually, performance-wise on the pitch, we weren't really progressing a great deal. Um, I think he was very unfortunate to, to get sacked when he did. We lost away at Cardiff, but we had huge injury problems. Um, Liam Manning was identified as, I mean, it's its a bit of a, a flavour of the month, it seems, with, with the kind of coach that Liam Manning is. But, you know, wants to play possession football, 
has come in. Um, we've definitely seen that. But what we've struggled with, um, Cam, is, is breaking those sort of teams down, as I said, and creating enough chances. We've been pretty good defensively, but we've struggled in a number of games to actually create enough chances. And when we did, to, to take them. Um, but personally, I like the way that Liam Manning's going about things. And when you see a performance like last night, and you actually hear what the players are saying. Tommy Conway came out and said he fully expected Liam Manning to be up till three o'clock last night or at the early hours of this morning, taking clips for individual players that he would then go through with them. So he's very detailed in what he does. We just need to be patient and allow him, you know, we've already signed Scott Twine in this window, allow him to maybe make another signing now, but probably more likely in the summer and see what goes from there. So I don't think there's a lot wrong. It's just, as I say, we struggle against teams that don't want to come out and play. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to wonder whether Matt's got a hold of our questions. This is brilliant. Um, I'm actually going to ask you next uh, about the, the man that you've, you've just talked about briefly, is Liam Manning. You know, he'd come in yep. previously at MK Dons, which is where he was sort of, um, sort of made a name for himself. And uh, I seem to remember, actually, he came to Vicarage Road and, and won when they were perhaps least expecting to in the League Cup, I think it was. Rob Edwards was our manager last season when right. the two met. And he, he was appointed in November. He's had 13 games. He's won four, drawn four and lost five. So, you know, fairly sort of consistent, whether it be good or bad. But yeah. you mentioned there how... You know, you can see how he's trying to. Is it clear the type of football? Is that is that quite clear? Thirteen games in, are, are you happy with the direction that you're heading with him, or do you think he will last? What what's what's your personal thoughts on yeah. on the job that Liam's doing at the moment? So so personally, I am um, almost immediately. Actually, not the first game against QPR, um, but after that, you know, we we played Southampton away. Um, and for 60 minutes in that game, we were really good. You know, we, we kind of matched them in terms of the possession. Um, what's difficult is that Nigel Pearson, um, I'm not going to say he set up not to lose, but we were really good defensively. We did we did create as well, but um, we were much more of a counter-attacking team um, and, and were successful at doing that to, to a degree. Liam Manning wants to retain the ball, and even in those early games, we had our defenders if the, and the midfielders. If the option wasn't on, they'd recycle it. Um, and fans of a certain age, and whether that's the real youngsters who have never known hard times almost, um, or fans who are kind of that little bit older, you could hear them, just get it forward. Stop playing it at the back. But it's kind of the modern way, um, you know, and, and the likes of, I'm not comparing us in any way to Man City and Liverpool, but all of those teams want to retain the ball. It isn't about getting it forward quickly anymore. It is trying to retain the ball. So I can see that with Liam Manning. If you if you took those three games that I've talked about out of his record, I think lots of Bristol City fans would be saying, yeah, I'm, I'm having him. You know, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. But those three games were really bad. And as I say, because Nigel Pearson was as popular as he was with large sections of our fan base, and it probably wasn't handled very well the way that, that, that he was dismissed. They still kind of have those feelings for Nigel. And so they're almost looking 
bit Liam Manning, it's a bad result. It's kind of, well, we've not improved. We're still in the same position. You know, we're still 14th in the league. Where's where's the progression? Whereas I'm a little bit more, I, I can see what he's trying to do and I'll allow him a couple of transfer windows to try and get the players in to do that because he's he's kind of trying to play a style of football with players that, that aren't necessarily best placed to do that. Certainly not as an entire squad. So, um, yeah, it's um, interesting. You know, he, he, this week alone, yes, we've, we've signed Scott Twine, but we've also let Andy Vyman go, who, you know, you, you obviously had with you. He scored on Boxing Day. But he's out of contract in the summer. Um, I think it, he had a contract that if he played a certain number of games this season or within this contract, he would trigger a 12-month extension. And he doesn't feature in Liam Manning's plans as a starter. So Liam Manning is kind of, you know, they've, they've, they've managed to sort out a, a loan to, to West Brom to the end of the season. So he's already doing things within the squad that lots of fans can go, yes, it's, it's the right thing. Great servant, brilliant player. It's the right thing to do for the club and probably for Andy as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having it him at the moment, Mike. I've got to be honest. I think I can see the progression. I think we'll probably finish around 10th, 10th, 12th maybe which in the scheme of things isn't a great progression, but he's a new manager coming in. Um, I like a lot of what he says. So yeah, it's, at the end of the day, we all know it's results driven, isn't it? So what what happens on the pitch is going to determine it. But what I'm seeing, I'm liking at the moment with him, yeah. Yeah, we've sort of, we've been there with the whole get it forward kind of thing. We, yeah. um, we often play it around the back. We have done for a number of seasons now. And you know, we've not always been great, but they're doing that for a reason. They're doing it so they can sort of control all, all the variables so that the ball doesn't come straight back down. But um just want to touch on, you mentioned Scott Twine there. Yeah. How how big a signing is that? Was that sort of an area you needed to address? Because we've seen Scott Twine against us this season already, and he did uh, score in our 2-1 win away at Hall. So definitely someone I'd be keeping an eye out at the weekend. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know on the back of last night's performance whether he will immediately come in. Um, but he's a player I've been aware of. He, he's he's a fairly local lad. Um, he was on Swindon's books and then um, I think he might have been chipping in before that. But obviously went to MK Dons under Liam Manning and had a really good season. He's then gone to Burnley, had an, an injury and quite a bad injury to start with. So didn't play a lot of games in their championship winning season. And has then obviously not made an impact in the Premier League. So he's definitely the sort of player we're after in terms of a creative 10. Um, Tommy Conway, um, who you'll have seen score last night and and did so in the, the first game at West Ham. He makes some really clever runs, intelligent runs off the back of defenders. And we don't find him with the pass. So we're hoping that Twine is that kind of player that will spot those runs, thread the ball through to him. Um, yeah, so we're, we're hoping he's kind of the missing link, really, with what we've got. We've not we've not got enough creativity in, in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I, I, until you said it a minute ago, I completely forgot he had that brilliant season under Manning at MK yeah. Don, which sort of got him that, that big move. And a lot of Watford fans at the time were saying, look, we should be going after this kid. And yeah, like you say, it's not quite worked out for him at Burnley. I don't think that injury helped him. And as Cam rightly pointed out, he's, he's definitely one that Watford fans will be be watching on on, uh, on Saturday. In terms of, obviously, we are sort of past the halfway stage in the uh, transfer window and Manning will no doubt have players he wants to bring in, etc. 
have there been any other rumours? Any that sound close or or is it yeah. pretty, are you pretty content? Do you think he's pretty content with the squad he's got? I think he'd like another um, option up front. Um, mm. We've not really got a um, a player that's adept at bringing the ball in and then allowing players to come off of him and feed, you know, feed off of him. Um, so I think that's probably a player that they're looking for. Um, we all know January transfer windows a really difficult window to try and buy anybody, especially with clubs knowing we sold Alex Scott in the summer to Bournemouth, got a lot of money for him. So there's a premium with that as well. Um, so I think he, he would like to do that business. Um, I think he'd probably like another central midfielder. Um, we we were linked with, um, I don't get his name wrong now, but Azaz, Aziz, um, that was at Plymouth from Villa. Um, and has now gone to Middlesbrough, and, and apparently we'd agreed terms with with um, with Villa, um, but he just wanted to go and play for Michael Carrick at Middlesbrough. Um, so you know those sort of things. You think you've got a, a signing over the line, and something else comes into play. So I think they want to do more business. Whether we do or not, I'm not sure. Um, we've got players coming back. We've got a lad Ross McCrory that we signed from Aberdeen in the summer, has been out all season with a. Um, a bone infection that required surgery um, and he was worried that it could be career ending, but he made his debut coming on as a sub against Preston and then started last night. Um, kind of right, right back, right wing back and, and looked really good. We've got Rob Atkinson and centre half to come back from, from an ACL. Um, Carl Naismith, um, who you, you probably be aware of with um, the other the opposition that you don't like to talk about. Um, but he's had lots of injuries with us. So he's to come back. So squad-wise, we, we've got players that will return that will make us better. But I still think he probably wants to do one or two more, yeah. Have you uh, got any particular memories of this fixture then? Because obviously we touched on the uh, 0-0 last season. That's one I really hope to forget. But yep. one, uh, one big memory we've got of this fixture... 6-0 win in, in lockdown. That sort of started <laughs> our season. We had Will Hughes back in and yeah, that was the beginning of a great run. <laughs> but, uh, any any particular, you know, good memories? I'm sure there's one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that, I mean, the Boxing Day one was, was brilliant, um, obviously. I've got, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, you two and um, I remember a game probably, and I should know the date, but probably late 80s, early 90s, um, when I think we lost 4-2, but we ended up getting three players sent off um, and they were all A's. We had Ray Atterveld, Wayne Allison and Mark Hazelwood all sent off in a game and yeah, we got we got beat 4-2. Um, so that's one that, that particularly stands out. A couple of other games, I think we beat you in a in a cup game um, in, a, in an evening kickoff. Um, yeah. It's a it's a ground I'd love to go to, Vicarage Road. Um, and I remember from an away fan point of view, having to sort of walk around the allotment and all around the back and, and sort of come back up. So, yeah, it's, um, it is a, a, a fixture I look forward to. Um, one of my teams, a, a Watford fan, he was um, he used to work in Watford, although he's now, now based in Worthing. But, um, yeah, so I've got kind of close connections, worked in Watford for a little bit as well. So it's a game I, I look forward to. Um, but it's always a tough fixture. We do well to get anything out of it. So Boxing Day was a massive surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I know a I know a Bristol fan, and I sort of said, um, you know, please don't beat us four one again. And, and they yeah. said, look, you know, it was completely out of the blue. No one was expecting it because I think you'd come off the back of 
um, a couple of wins actually, but even they said, look, you know, we've not been playing well, so didn't expect it at all. You mentioned yeah. um, he beat us in the cup. I think, if memory serves me correct, um, I think we played you twice that season in both the cups. Yeah, right. So, you beat us in the League Cup because yeah. we just don't do the League Cup. Like, we, <laughs> we could play, uh, you know, we could play anyone and, and they'd beat us. And then we beat you in the FA Cup because um, I think if, I think Troy Deeney scored twice, did he, Cab? You're, you're nodding your head. Can you, you remember I, who scored that one? I remember that we played him twice that season. That's as far as it goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind as well. Is um, I haven't been to Ashton Gate since I um, obviously had the extensive works done, yeah. And and I'll, I'll never forget one thing with the uh, older way ends, they used to have no backs on the seats, so yeah. it was quite uncomfortable. And we drew 2 2 at Ashton Gate, and John Eustace scored in the last minute. And they I, I remember the Bristol City players sort of claiming for offside. and but obviously no VAR or anything, and we were celebrating with equalised in the last minute. And then I remember a video of uh, like a fan took some footage because it was like a last attack for Watford, and you can see clear as day in that fan footage from the sideline that John Eustace is a mile off, and uh, uh, right. it, it was absolutely criminal that we got away with it. But I remember that game, and uh, yeah. yeah, we've we've had some good battles to be fair at Ashton. Yeah, I think we there drew was... two two. Um, in the FA Cup, I, I seem to remember uh, Sean Murray scored from outside the box as well. Um, that was 2-2, I'm pretty sure of it. J. Emmanuel Thomas used to bully us when he was at Bristol yeah. City. So, yeah, um, player, some, some, uh, some really good battles. Now, obviously, sticking with, with Saturday's game, you've mentioned uh, a minute ago about some of the injuries you've had. Are there yeah. any are there any injuries to key players that, that, that will be missing Saturday? Any new injuries, anything like that? Not, not that I'm aware of. I don't, don't think we picked up anything last night. Um, so no, not that. Oh, we we seem to maybe have lost Matt. This could be an issue. Yeah, it's always <laughs> fun when this happens live. Um, this is why we uh, we prefer to do them recorded. We'll see if we can get Matt back shortly. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm not sure what happens. The the best thing is we'll be talking and I'll be talking about something else and then it, it'll catch up and here we, go. It'll, here we go. It sounds like something might be happening. Here we go, Matt. We've got you back. <laughs> yeah. Back, yeah, yeah. We've got yeah, you I lost back. All, all three of us. <laughs> Can you hear us, Matt? Live podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our world of podcasting. Um, I, I always laugh because I, I listen to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes a lot and uh, Pete is very good at filling these sort of instances that happen. Um, but yeah, while we try and get um, while we try and get Matt back, Cam, um, he, he mentions that I don't think there's any injuries from a, a Watford point of view. Are we any closer? I think they said this could be the week that Jamal Lewis returns possibly. I think, I think they were I heard, this week. I heard on commentary they mentioned it was either Jamal Lewis or Ken Semmer is back this week, but I um I don't remember them saying that in any of the sort of press releases. So 
I don't know. What I do know is we have obviously Vac and Bio back in contention yeah, after right. that suspension. Um, other than that, it's it's Ngakia, he's out, isn't he? And Quadro Bar, one that you know isn't going to get mentioned too much, but he's he's out injured. And other than that, I think we're all good. Yeah, yeah, I think Should so. Make for an interesting game. Yeah, um, Cam, I believe you were you were about to ask something. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Tommy Conway got those two goals in the FA Cup. He did, yeah. Is he the out-and-out danger man? Is he sort of the man in form, or is there someone else we should look out for? Um, yeah, Tom, Tommy Conway, I would say, is 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 kind of the one to look out for. He, he's been fairly isolated in in those poor games I was talking about. He was fairly isolated because we're playing as kind of a one. Again, it will be interesting that if Twine does come in, that might change the dynamic a little bit. But we've got um, lad Jason Knight, um, attacking kind of midfielder he's he's been um playing up not alongside tommy but 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 pushing forward but he's very very good at breaking play up um and sort of central midfield joe williams we, we've got at the moment has been on fire for us not not scoring goals or anything like that but he he's been really really um tigerish in the midfield and, and breaking stuff up and and again I think I think his performance was a large part of of why Livermore was sort of substituted in the Boxing Day game um, so yeah I, I think Tom is probably the one that you would look out for but we have got other qualities as well that if Tom is not firing um, you know we've got Naki Wells um, who's obviously very experienced at this level uh, he's likely to come on if Tom is not sort of um, not firing, but um, Tom is probably our danger man. I would suggest, yeah, yeah, and and this might sort of tie in with with uh, Tommy's position in terms of the area of the pitch where you feel Bristol City are the strongest. Where where would that be? I know, obviously, you know Watford will be well versed on on the strong areas of Bristol City because we only played you five games ago. But what sort of areas can Bristol City? Her, 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 what for the deal, obviously. This weekend. Oh, are you, are you with me, Matt? <laughs> I think we keep losing, Matt. I Possibly. think we do. Yes, we do. Are you with us, Matt? No. Um, right. So, anyway. Um, in some camp, I mean... We all watch the game on Boxing Day, obviously, and it's uh, you. You were there. It, it wasn't a, a good game whatsoever. Was, was there anything in particular you, you saw Bristol sort of do to us that you you, you would sort of point out as a danger? Were, were they perhaps set up a little bit different to, to what we used to? What what sort of stood out for you and uh, and Watford that day? Yeah, well, what I thought they did really well was they, they stopped our midfield from playing. And as we know, that midfield's become all important to any results we get. So what they did well, they seem to crowd out Edo Kayembe every time we get the ball. Obviously, Edo's not going to be playing this weekend. I forgot to mention he's injured. Right. So uh, it, it'd be interesting to see if they, you know, go with the same approach, maybe crowd out Chak Vitadze, who's, you know, he seems to be getting more and more influence. Is he the lad that scored for you? Or yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He sort of yeah. played his way into the team over the festive period. And I thought he had his best game at the weekend against QPR. So, right. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Bristol City sort of go with the same approach in midfield. I also think if Sierra plays, we could see a similar 
sort of thing with you know they sort of put Sinclair Armstrong on him at the weekend and right Bristol City could do the same having Tommy Conway running off him I think they get a lot of joy off that but um what what do you think Matt what sort of your strong areas (laughs) (laughs) I thought we had him yeah almost we almost did we almost did (laughs) well Obviously, that's in terms of, you know, what you saw from Watford, you know, Watford perspective, looking at Bristol City, you know, 4-1 winners, you could say that. You know, really well. So, I don't think we if that happens, then, yeah, we got a good shape. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, uh, I think the, no the, the connection come back as, as, as I was speaking there. Um, obviously, you know, the, the Boxing Day game, you know, you, you come out 4-1 winners. I I think, I, I don't know, I, I, would you agree with me in saying, Cam, that it, it wasn't really a 4-1 game? I, I think that's that's probably fair I to say. Well, I, I thought we we made our own problems and if you keep playing the same way, not, not finding a different way to get out, then you're going to keep conceding goals. So, in that respect, I think we did deserve to lose 4-1. Yeah, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it's a story of Watford season, gifting, gifting, you know, things to the opposition. You look at Coventry, do that game free free, and you know we we stuck the ball in our own net for one of them, and then the other two goals completely, you know, totally avoidable, uh, yeah. and and Watford were maybe architects of their own downfall. What from a Bristol City point of view, Matt? What areas can Watford target this weekend? Where where are you particularly? <laughs> Honestly, I, I I couldn't say we were particularly weak anywhere. Um, and that's not going the opposite, that we're really strong everywhere. But I think if, from a midfield point of view, if, if we're up for it and we're energetic, then we're, we're pretty combative in there. It's more around us and what we do. Um, if we don't create, and if you, you know, if you did go, um, it's the, the buzzwords in it, low block, um, and weren't looking to kind of a, a, attack us, then we really struggle to break you down. So that that will be the thing, I think. It will be breaking you guys down. Um, but from our own point of view, we're, we're pretty, you know, we're pretty solid defensively down both sides, um, midfield. And then it's up front. Sometimes Tommy Conway can get very isolated. Yeah. So again, keep saying it, but if Twine... Please... <laughs> I think he was saying Twine possibly a weakening. That's quite interesting, isn't it, Cam? Yeah, after one game, that feels harsh. Mm. I, I certainly wouldn't, you know. It, but at, at the same time, I think it's quite interesting to hear that, you know, even he, Matt mentioned Tommy Conway being being a, a weak link. It goes to show, you know, um, as, as, as hot as he is at the moment in form, the fact that we can still isolate them. Perfect for us, really, isn't it, Cal? Yeah, well, I mean, you know that our defence, I think it's sort of become a bit more open lately as we've become more expansive. And I I think, you know, attacks are getting a lot of joy against us. You're seeing uh, Plymouth, you know, they sort of opened us up with ease and we couldn't really shut down Morgan Whitaker. And was it Ryan Hardy up front? So, yeah, yeah so... It, I mean, if we can, if if you're saying that Tommy Conway can be isolated, then 
we we need to do what we can we need to because that's going to be the danger man that's going to be our undoing if we don't have an answer for tommy conway yeah yeah he's a he's a quality footballer a young lad but he knows where the back of the net is yeah so what are your um what are your score predictions then for this game um if if we play like we played last night, and obviously we played what we did against you on Boxing Day, then then I think we can win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm honest with you, I think on the back of last night and the euphoria of that, the way that we've been playing the league, I'm I'm going to go for a one-one. Um, I don't think we'll be as open as it was at, at, at yours. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a one-one. Cam, what about you? I can't do this i can't um <laughs> i don't know because i i can't predict watford results lately it's it's getting out of hand i'm gonna go just to be sort of neutral i'm, I'm gonna go nil nil but i know for it's not gonna be nil nil though is it we're overdue a nil nil i thought qpr was gonna be nil nil so yeah. i'm gonna stick with my gut and i'm gonna go nil nil yeah, I mean, away from home, we seem to be picking up, you know, a good bit of form. Um, only Middlesbrough, Leeds, Southampton, Ipswich and Leicester have got a better away record than us. Right. Um, picked up 19 points from, from 13. No, yeah, 19 points from 13 games. And, uh, and and Bristol have got the same home record as us. 20 points at home this season, same as Watford. So yeah. I will probably... I know we're capable of, of nicking something. I think it's going to be a tough game. We, we need to be careful because what we don't want to happen is the same as Boxing Day. I, I don't think, and this is no disrespect to Bristol, but I don't think anyone was expecting uh, Bristol City to come to Vicarage Road and, and run us a mock 4-1. And we really need Mike, to be careful. we, we weren't. To, <laughs> yeah. um, we need to be careful not to be come to open if we concede early on. But I suppose... The good thing which we're seeing at the moment, Cam, with this Watford side is, generally speaking, if we go a goal behind, we look like we're going to come back. Now, granted, that didn't happen on Boxing Day, but there is that fight and desire in the team. So, I think, I I do worry maybe this time around if we concede the, the first goal. I'm going to say 2-1 to Watford. I think it's going to be quite a tight affair. And listen, they're not always, uh, you know, beautiful wins. Look at Sunday, for example. It it was an absolutely dogged game and and we come out 2-1 winners and we're a point beyond the playoffs and it's getting really tight in the table now about that playoff area. It is, that's sixth place, yeah. Yeah, a lot of teams sort of chopping and changing places. So, yeah, tight game, I think, tight affair and and I think we'll just come out on top 2-1. And I did ask the others for, uh, I should have had this ready, really, but I did uh, ask the others um, on the podcast for, for their predictions. Um, ben went with 1-1, Martins to score. Uh, Katie went with 2-1 to Watford as well, Ryovic and Espria. And Joe said 1-1, Conway to score on the half-hour mark and then Ryovic to knock one in after 72nd minute. So right. very, very precise from Joe there. Um, Matt, before we let you go, we like to play a game on the podcast with opposition fans and um, we, we've sort of not been doing it the last few weeks because these are now the reverse fixtures. And generally speaking, everyone's had a go. Uh, yep. We didn't speak to a Bristol City fan first time around because of the, uh, the the time of year it was and the scheduling, etc. 
Uh, and it's a nice, simple game just to test your memory with Watford and Bristol City. And it's okay. played for both. So um, we try and look back to see how many players we can find. Now, I've got seven players here. Uh, okay. So even if you named all seven, you wouldn't be able to go top. Paul from the QPR podcast has got that top spot. But if you can name all seven, you can get a very respectable second place. Uh, and like I say, that's just what I've been able to find. Okay. Seven players that have represented Watford and Bristol City playing-wise. Um, how many do you think you can name? Off the top of my head, probably four, maybe five. And if I thought about it, probably a few more, but yeah. Real, real them four or five up then. So I'm going to go Keith Millen. Yep. I'm going to go Mark Gavin. Um, I, He's not on my list, actually. So. Is he not? Mark oh, Gavin, no, Mark I, Gavin. That's that's not to say you're incorrect. That's just to say the, I might be wrong. The website we get them off isn't uh, doesn't always go back that far. But uh, right, okay. Um, so Mark that would have Gavin been did in fact play. So yes, he is. Yeah, okay. Uh, Wayne Allison, obviously the chief. Yep. Um, I said Keith Millen, Wayne Allison. Oh, who else did I have in my mind? Watford, Watford, Watford. This is a bit of a clue, but you've already mentioned him tonight. That's as much as I've said. So there, there's another word. So again, playing, but Ben Foster was on City's books as well. Did, I don't think he actually made an appearance, but we had was Ben Foster really? on loan. He was, wow. yeah. Um, I that did was not way, know that. That was way back when. Um, so check that. I've already mentioned him tonight. He was. Um, he was on loan from Stoke City, so I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll absolutely <laughs> give you that. Yeah. Fair um, play. So there's right, four. Let me think. Who else? Um, else is going to kill me. It is because you've already mentioned one. Have I? Yeah. Not in the current team. No, 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 no. I don't know. Technically, <laughs> bit of a giveaway. Yeah, probably is. But I can't think of it. <laughs> um, you can retire okay. on four, and that would put you. Third. Uh, yeah, I think I might have to. Um, oh, did, Keith, did, so. Keith, did, did Keith Woff, goalkeeper, play for Watford? Keith Woff. He might have um, lived in Watford. That might be where I'm getting the Watford connection. He's uh he's he's not somebody that I'm familiar with, but then again, again that's eighties uh, though, so I'm 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 older than you guys considerably. Yeah. Um, um, did I say Mark Gavin? I said Mark you Gavin. Did indeed, did I? Yeah. Yes, you said Mark, Mark Gavin, Gavin yeah. Wayne Ellison, Keith Millen. I'm sure there's another defender in there as well. There is. I don't think you should give up because you will kick yourself. I, I know I will. I know I will. And it's so, it'll be so obvious as well. Um, the, the, I think three of them, again, I don't want to give too much away. I try not to yeah. give any clues. But three of them are certainly more sort of our era. My, my, well, are they, one right, of them okay. certainly my era and then two yeah. definitely mine and Cam's. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Oh. Okay, mine's, so, mine's gone blank, so I'll retire on that. You've retired on four, so that puts yeah. you third in the table. Yeah. So, Cam, do you, want, do you want to tell him the one that he's going to kick himself? I don't right? know. I don't know if I do want to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andy Ryman. 
Oh, and of course it is. I said it and I said yeah. it paid for you, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> uh, and then the other, uh, I've got three others that you didn't mention. I mean, one of them yeah. was was quite um, way back. So I, I, I only found it on Google. Um, yeah. A chap called Jared Larvin. Yeah, 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 right back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Adrian Mariapa, Watford legend. Of course, yeah, yeah, was um, was okay for us. I mean, we got him at the, I was going to say the end of his career, but he's then gone on to probably play another five or six seasons, I think. But yeah, mm. yeah, uh, and then David James, the goalkeeper. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah, that was a yeah. little bit of a strange signing for us. Steve Coppel had got the job in the summer, and there was all talk that um, because James was actually. England goalkeeper in that World Cup um, mm. and came back and we signed him in the summer and we thought, why, what are we getting? And yeah, that I've, uh, I've just found one more actually because as you yeah. were speaking and I thought, mm, I'm sure there's another one uh, and he only made one appearance for you and I would imagine it was because of injuries. For me, he's definitely one of my favourite Pozzo era signings and that's Joel Ekstrand. Uh, the centre back. Yes, um, yeah, we signed, signed he, him. Did yeah, you like to say played? I think it was injuries actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he um, that first season he comes to Watford. He he was one of the best signings I've seen under the the Pozzos since they took over in 2012. And yeah, it's a shame because I think he went to Rotherham, played with injuries, uh, and then I think he went to you guys after or vice versa. I can't remember. Uh, and yeah, it's a real shame injuries sort of hampered his career because. Uh, on his day, he was uh, he was absolutely cracking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. Third place, not I'll, not bad. Not I'll bad take at that. All. But like I said, it's it's poor. I should have uh, <laughs> definitely, um, definitely the Andy Vyman one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just before we we let you go, Matt, for for any Watford fans that are travelling down to to Bristol this weekend, what what's the situation with with away pubs? Are there any near the ground and and, and parking um, as well? So parking's a bit of a nightmare um, yeah. in and around the ground. Um, you know, I definitely recommend kind of just park. Um, there's a Sainsbury's about a 10 minute walk from the ground that if you book early, um, you, you can get a space there. But street parking is really limited. Um, once, if you go sort of towards um, what they call North Street, um, that's kind of residential parking. So you might struggle from that point of view. Um, there there are a few sort of pubs in, in, in North Street. Um, I'm not aware of any designated away pubs. Um, there's one sort of fairly close to the ground called the Robins, which, as you'll imagine, is a home pub. So, um, but yeah, North, North Street, there are a number of bars and stuff that that normally you get away fans in. There's never any sort of bother. So, yeah. Happy days. There you go, Watford fans. If you're travelling down to Bristol, uh, make sure you, if you're driving down, to uh, to look at pre-booking parking. And and it sounds like there's. There's plenty of, uh, of watering holes near the ground. So, uh, like I say, thank you very, very much for joining us tonight, Matt. I really do appreciate it. And as I say, Matt is from the Free Peeps in a podcast. Um, if you actually check out the description of this video, their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts and Spotify links are all there. So then check them out. And uh, and we, we may see each other next season, Matt. I don't know this the way that this season is. Anything could happen. Absolutely, um, yeah. But yeah, other than Saturday, I wish you the very best for the rest of the season. <laughs> and thank you for coming on. Same to you guys. Thank you for having me, Mike and Cameron. Really enjoyed it. No worries. Yes. Take it easy. Thank you. All Matt. the best. Bye-bye.
So there we go, Karen. Matt from the Free Peeps in a podcast. A few technical issues, but uh, I think we did all right. We uh, no one's expecting us to be professional. That's the best thing about Voice of the Week. No one's listening and being like, "God, they really handle that badly." No one. Look, look, I'm you know, drinking beer and everything else. So it's a bloody Wednesday night for Christ's sake. Um, but yeah, Karen. I mean, we we do not want to be. Losing 4-1 again, and I feel like we're on a good thing at the moment, and we're a point outside the playoffs, and we've got, you know, I think we've got some favourable fixtures coming up. I would class this as one of them. If we can get away with, if we can come away with a point or three points, to me, that's a good result. Um, Mark Schofield says, it's a very difficult game. They will be cock-a-hoop, obviously coming off the back of a, a great win at Ashton Gate. I don't expect it to be as packed as it was probably last night. Um, and maybe they'll have one eye on the cup again because they, they'll they find out their winners tonight because they're playing the winner of Forest against Blackpool, uh, which is ongoing at the moment, and Forest are 1-0 up. So, you know, they, they might look at that and think, well, why can't we go for it? So maybe a welcome distraction. In terms of team news, Cam, I'm not going to ask... Well, yeah, I'll ask you because anyone that's watching, uh, anyone that's listening on as a podcast won't be able to see the picture we've got on screen here. It's Cameron's fan hub team prediction, and I'll talk you through it for those that are listening. He's gone for Hamer in goal, a back four of Morris, Hoot, Porteous, Andrews, midfield of Kone, Livermore, Chatfordadze, and then a front three of Martins, Bio, and Espria. Now, Cam, firstly, is that the team you would pick or the team that you think will be picked? And talk us through some of those changes. Well, I think it's both. I think it's the team that, that probably will be picked. But it's, out of everything we've got, is probably what I'd go for. I wouldn't be overly shocked to see Bio left on the bench again, maybe for disciplinary reasons. But I just think that that's the key decision he's got to make isn't it that striker because now we're back to having three available Healy's had a little run Ryovic we know what he's about so that's the decision he's got to make and I would be much happier seeing Vakin Bio in the team over any of the others I think that sort of run over the festive period where Bio was in the team we looked all the better for it he was uh he was making a lot of runs he was he was close to getting on the end of a lot of through balls and we've sort of lacked that that pace in behind and that hold-up play. Mm-hmm. So I would very much welcome Bio back into the team. I don't think Healy looked particularly sharp against QPR and I don't rate Ryovic to be starting. So that's what I'd go for there. The other big decision you've got to make is... What what are we doing in midfield? Are we keeping Tom Delhi and Georgie Chatvatadze in? I don't think Tom Delhi did a particularly bad job against QPR, but I just think he'll add Kone in because we know what he's about. We know what he can do. He's got a lot more quality than Tom Delhi Bashiru. Mm-hmm. And coming back from illness, I, I think it would make sense to just like for like swap him in. In terms of everywhere else, yeah, Ryan Porteous has to come in because... At Sierra, he just doesn't look quite right in this team, I don't think. His lack of pace is evident and he's not the ball player that we need. Say what you want about Ryan Porteous, but I I just love what he brings us on the ball. He, he's a lot more comfortable and he lets us play more on the front foot. So 
yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd go for. Yeah, and Mark's agreeing with you. He he hopes that Lewis is back for Morris because he thinks Morris is a bit of a weak link. And I, 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 I sort of understand what he's saying. I think Morris has done all right, you know, to, to consider, you know, he sort of was making a, a few more appearances come the start of the season before Lewis come in. And then Lewis come in and, and was back from injury and took his place. And considering he'd not played a game of football since I think it was September when he was drafted in the other month, and uh, I think he's done all right. But Lewis, to me, just seems all rounds much more shored up. And Mark also says that Ryovic is better off the bench and Kone should be fresher. So pretty much agreeing with you. I've sort of le lent um, more towards what I think might happen. Uh, so I've not gone too dissimilar from Cam. I've gone Hamer in goal, Morris, uh, Hoot, Sierra and Andrews at the back. Livermore, Chatfordadze, Tom Deli, and then front three of Martins, Bio, and Espria. Now, for me, I would personally go with Porteous, but I just think he kept Sierra in for a reason. So he's obviously liking what he's doing there. And I don't think he's going to change too much of a winning formula unless he absolutely has to, coming off the back of that win against QPR. And then for me, I didn't watch on Sunday, so I don't know how he did, but. Tom Delhi for me, when he's been playing in midfield, he's been putting more of a, you know, he's been putting a performance in to sort of warrant being picked week after week because he's been really, really refreshing in that midfield compared to what we've maybe seen last season with him in midfield and the start of the season. He's just a breath of fresh air. I think Chapter Tadzi, one of the first names on the team sheet because every time he gets the ball, he looks to drive forward. Uh, and then, same reason as Cam, Bio for me has to be the lone striker. Um, he, well, he, he has to be the man up front because he does a lot more off the ball. And, you know, he might be a bit of a crap finisher, but it's the work off the ball. Ryovic doesn't press, Bio does. Bio holds the ball up, Bio wins aerial duels. Ryovic doesn't do that. And I think I've seen a couple of people say sort of Ryovic as. Um, maybe stepped his game up a little bit against QPR. But again, I can't comment on that. I mean, Cam, you were there. Did, did Ryovic look to have maybe done a bit more than he has done in recent games against QPR? Or is that complete rubbish that I read? Look, there was one moment where he held the ball in the corner for <laughs> about 15 seconds. And he did quite, he did a good job at that. But yeah. I thought there are a lot of times where his, his link up was poor. He could have set us away on the counter and, instead took too many touches and the pass was short or what have you. And he obviously had a, a golden chance after which QPR went down the other end and made it 2-1. So I don't think he showed anywhere near enough to um, to be starting this game. And I, I think it is quite telling that Valerian Ishmael seems to have put Reese Healy above him in the pecking order, despite his lack of sharpness and despite him being out of favour all season long. So I, I think there's definite disappointment about Mileta Rajevic and I also don't think there's enough in Reese Healy to justify him starting so many games. So mm. I I can only see Vacuum Bio starting this game. Yeah. Yeah. And you know Healy's sort of said in 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 his I watched his post match interview after the QPR game and he said he's he's feeling a lot 
more sharp and he's, he's feeling better and he's close to full fitness again, which is good because I, I really do want it to work out for Reese and hopefully see the Reese of, uh, of Toulouse um, in, in that first season where he was scoring lots and lots of goals. So hopefully that is the case. Um, just before I wrap up, obviously you've seen anyone watching on YouTube tonight, watching it back or anything like that, or even if you're listening, you've seen that me and Cam have done our team predictions on the Fan Hub app, the app that rewards rewards real football fans. That's a mouthful. You won't want Jonathan Ross to say that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could get in trouble for that. I've been listening too much to uh, to Ricky Gervais' podcast where they just slate him. So that's uh, you'll have to let me off there. Uh, there's no monkey news after this, unfortunately. <laughs> so if anyone does listen to that, it's uh, you, you, there's no knob news, monkey news, nothing like that, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> me and Cam are avid fans of the Ricky <laughs> podcast, so I could really crowbar in so many references. We'll have to line um, up some knob news for next week. Yeah, absolutely, some knob news. I'll get some Rockbusters clues on the go <laughs> and uh, some Watford-themed ones, and, uh, and, and we'll, get it, we'll get the ball rolling. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, completely off on the tangent there. Uh, you guys will have seen that we use the Fan Hub app. Um, if you want to get it, I really do recommend it. And this isn't me trying to plug anything. This is just genuine now because I've started using it a lot more. Um, if you download the app on your app store, whether you're Android or iOS, whatever it is, um, and you'll download it and you'll be put into a queue. Now, that golden ticket code is VOI hyphen ty6 pop that into the app you'll skip the queue and you'll go straight in and what you can do is when you're at the ground um you it will come up and it will say next up it will tell you the fixture it, you can predict your lineup you can play fives which is basically a prediction not super six really uh, and you play them and you get five points for every well 10 points sorry for every correct prediction you do uh, I'm absolutely crap at the moment. I got 10 points out of a possible 50 um, in the last round. So I'm rubbish on that. You can play against your friends and everything. There's leaderboards, etc. But there's also an option to check in. So you can check in if you're watching at home. But if you check in whilst you're at the stadium, it will calculate how many miles you've done to, to travel there. And also you get what's called Fanfile, which is basically their currency. And they've got a shop on the app. So at the moment, I've got 800 FanFi. You'll get FanFi for signing up as well, by the way. Um, for 800, I can get two points. Now, they do partner with Green King, I think it is, the pubs. And all you do is you click on it, you'll get a QR code. And if you're in one of these particular pubs, there's a list of them. So you can check if you're at a game, you can type in the postcode and you'll be like, oh, I'm in this area, what pub can I go? You scan a QR code and you get a free point. So... 400 coins at cost, so I got 800, so I could get two free points. Uh, they give out, they've got their own beer, they're a thousand. You get some stickers, uh, you see a lot of them dotted around football grounds now. Obviously, Watford are notorious for the shit on Luton with the Elton John sitting on the toilet. That sticker, and you see all sorts of stickers in the toilets at, at football from different um fans, they've got their own stickers. Uh, they're 400 each. You get cap, a beanie. A reversible bucket hat, a bubble hat. Um, they've got hoodies, T-shirts. They've got their own football kit as well, uh, which is class, to be fair. I got sent one when Fan Hubs first started out, and uh, 
and yeah, they're, they're decent. So if you don't already, make sure you download that app because they uh, they really are rewarding fans for just being fans, and you you can get some good stuff for literally checking in at the game. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Are we getting paid for that? Huh? Are we getting paid for that? Um, well, it doesn't matter, does it, Cam? Because it's about that was, that was a good two minutes of my time there. We better be getting paid. <laughs> well, it's about the fans. If people sign up, we might do. Who knows? Uh, well, oh, we've also that reminds me as well. Actually, we've also got which I've been meaning to sort out. We've also got a new sponsorship, Beer Fifty Two. Now I can't say any more because I need to send off stuff to to Beer Fifty Two, but. If you like your beer, IPAs, hops, whatever, lager, whatever, you are in luck because with us, we'll give you a code and all you have to do is pay for the postage and you get a box. They sent me a box for Christmas, right? You get a box and there's like, I think there was eight beers in it, like the small cans, like the size of a Coke can. And they sent me some pretzels and some nuts and like a a magazine as well, uh, like a beer magazine. And, um, yeah, you, you get them, and all you have to do is pay the postage if you pop in our code. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but, yeah, Cam letting in on a few trade secrets there. Thanks, Cam. Um, it's all about the fans. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's it for tonight. Thank you very, very much for watching. We do appreciate it, and thanks for sticking by us with the connectivity issues and uh, uh, whatnot. I'm not going to make any jokes about where he's from and the internet connection because I'm from Birmingham, so he's Cam, so we've heard it all before and he's boring. Um, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, the next episode is the match reaction part and that is going to be on Sunday, the 21st of January. I don't know if it's going to be me or Ben or me, Cam, Ben or who it's going to be, but we will let you know in due course. Uh, but yeah, thank you very, very much for watching. Don't forget to hit that like button. Hit the share button as well. Share it with your mates. If they don't watch us, share it. Hit subscribe. Drop a comment in like Mark does every week. It helps more than you believe. Um, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We read everything. Let us know your thoughts. If you think it's crap, let us know. We'll do better next time. If you think it's brilliant, let us know. And we'll keep doing what we're doing. But, yeah, till then, come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.